We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vince, you ready for rapid fire? Let's go, baby. Rapid fire time. I Woo! can't believe that we have gotten this far, and I have only seen one mention of R.J. Oban in uh, in this whole thing. So tell me what you think, Vince. R.J. Oban, defensive end from Duke transferring to Notre Dame. How big is this for the Irish? Oh, it's massive. They they needed a they needed a defensive end and they got one. Um and I'm I'm excited about it. I I feel like he was the number one guy that they targeted and they ended up getting him, which is great. I watched a little bit of film of him uh this afternoon and man, he's got he is twitchy. Like this kid, this kid is twitchy off the line and he's got some really good moves and there were times in the Notre Dame game where he where he made Notre Dame's offensive tackle look not great. Um, <laughs> I'll just say that uh, the right tackle specifically, and so I think this is going to be a great addition to Notre Dame. I think it's going to be right along the lines of Javante Jean Baptiste and what he was able to bring to the line. I, the only difference for me is I now have a higher expectation of this kid than I had yeah. of JB, JJB before he did what he did. You know what I mean? So my, my expectations are higher, but I feel like the production will be similar. Yeah. And look, I mean, Florida state wanted this guy and they obviously oh, yeah. saw him up close and, you know, just like Notre Dame, I guess did as well. But Florida state has seen him over the last few years. They know what he can do. And this is a sixth year guy. And again, you know, you, you look at RJ Oban and you look at Javante John Baptiste, I think, I think, John Baptiste maybe looks a little bit thicker, but according to you know, their their rosters, they're exactly the same size. Both of them six foot four, two hundred and sixty pounds. So you lose a six four, two hundred and sixty pound defensive end in JJB, who is extremely productive, and you're going to drop another one in with a ton of experience, who has been a little bit more productive in his Duke career than John Baptiste was in his career at Ohio state before he came to Notre Dame. And I just think that it spells out potentially really good things for the Irish because you're going to, you know, you, again, you're going to get a man in there. You're going to get, you know, a guy with a developed body strength and, and the whole thing. And then, like you said, I think you're going to add some twitchiness 
that maybe you didn't have with with John Baptiste, but he had 64 pressures Oban did in 562 pass snaps over the last two years. Brian had this. Isaiah Foskey had 65 pressures in 595 total pass snaps in his last two years at Notre Dame. So like you're looking at some, you know, some similar production to what Isaiah Foskey had as well. So I think it's a really huge get for Notre Dame. And when you're going to be able to combine him with some of the youth that they have coming behind him, I think that's going to be really good for Notre Dame, not just this year, but for the next couple of years. And, you know, again, it's like, you look at, you look at, you know, the development that Al Washington was able to do with this defensive line this year, his second full year, and I just I think it bodes really well. You know, you, you kind of sent some messages to some people that you can come to Notre Dame and, and still develop and, and do some really good things and and give yourself, you know, a lot of pro potential going forward. And maybe this is nothing, but I'm going to say it anyway. Last year, about this time, Notre Dame went head-to-head with Florida State for a defensive lineman and lost. This year, they go head-to-head with Florida State for a defensive lineman, and they won. I wonder if they learned something the last time around. And I look, Notre Dame has been incredibly successful getting the guys that they wanted in the transfer portal this this time around. In, you know, in this cycle, I, I think they learned a lot last year, um, and I and I think that they've applied that. And I think they're they are a group to be reckoned with moving forward on the recruiting trail, both for undergraduate guys and transfer portal guys. I mean, it, they have been incredibly successful. Yeah, the transfer portal, man. Absolutely. I mean, they have killed it <laughs> in the transfer yeah. portal, honestly. And it's like, I think it was, it was either right at the end of the season or before. I, I think it was. It was right after the Stanford game when Marcus Freeman was was asked about it. Look, if you wait until the portal opens to start evaluating guys, you're going to be too late. And they have obviously. Yeah. Done a lot of advanced homework on these yes. guys. They went into this knowing, you know, almost like an NFL draft or NFL free agency type situation. They had guys targeted yes. who they wanted, and they were able to move in and move in quickly and get them on campus and show them the goods. And obviously, a lot of guys already have come away pretty impressed. They have, they, yeah. they came into before they got RJ Oban today. I think it was 24-7 that had the ranking. They had the, the third best portal class. And I'd be shocked if if Oban didn't at least move him up to number two, if not number one in this whole thing. I don't yeah. know what Dion's got going out, out there. He had the number one ranked it recruiting class. But hilarious. You know, like he's obviously he's obviously going bulk out there in Colorado. So everybody, you know, it's funny. I, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but like he went out and oh, got but all you those will. offense. I know. They went out and got all those offensive linemen. One, the one kid was the number one offensive tackle in the 24 class. Cool. That's a that's a great get, right? The other four guys, like, I, I don't get it, okay? The, the media is blowing it up. Like, he just went out and got the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line to protect Shador Sanders out there in Colorado. That is not the case, folks. I'm sorry. Those other four guys are not world beaters. Maybe they're better than what they had. But man, is the media just taking that and running with it? Holy cow! We're gonna get a whole other offseason of prime, prime, prime. It's like, ugh. <laughs> 
Fill in the blank. While announcing his NFL draft intentions, it's blank that Joe Alt says he'll go to El Paso to watch and support Notre Dame in the Sun Bowl. Not surprising in any way, shape, or form. He's a team captain. He's a guy that, you know, he's not playing in the bowl game, and I get it. You're a top 10 NFL draft pick, man. The last thing he needs is to get rolled up on in the Sun Bowl, okay? But he's going down there to support his teammates because guess what? His teammates understand why he's not playing in this game. And he's just like Michael Mayer was last year. Right. And Isaiah Foskey. Yep. They went down to the bowl game. They supported their guys. They were hyping up their guys on the sideline when they were being interviewed. That's exactly what Joe Alt's going to do. And I would expect nothing less. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool that he's doing it. I, you know, I don't know if I'd want a sideline full of guys, you know, depending on <laughs> yeah. how many opt-outs they end up with. I get in that. this whole thing. You know, as we've talked about before, there are only three guys who I fully support being opt-outs for Notre Dame. Joe Alt is obviously at the top of the list because he's going to be a top 10 pick. Audric Estime is number two because he's a run. Now he hasn't declared yet. We don't know specifically what he's going to do. We're assuming with, you know, assuming he does. I would understand him, you know, because he's a running back and he's got, of all the positions, the highest risk of injuries. And then number three is the guy who is probably the biggest injury concern because of his own injury history, and that's Cam Hart. Those are the only three. I agree. Other than that, I don't think I want to sideline a guy standing down there in El Paso, you know, like cheering cheering him on, you know, come on, Clapper, you know, let's go. But Joe Walt would be at the top of the list, and I think it's pretty cool that it'll be down there. Yes, those are the three guys that I completely agree with that I have no problem with them sitting out. And those are the three guys of all the guys that are opting out that I would want on the sidelines um, of this game. Nobody else. Nobody else. I don't. I yeah, nobody else. Those are the three guys I want, you know, so I, everybody else can can be working on their pre-draft stuff at the time. Or yes. Whatever else they're going to do. Uh, those are the three guys I would want on the sidelines because I think that their love for Notre Dame is genuine. And I think that they are opting out for the right reasons. Now, do you remember when uh, J.D. Bertrand and a, and a few teammates, when John Michael Bertrand, when they went to Knoxville, you know, for baseball a for couple baseball. years ago, and then they did like the road trip out to, you know, like, remember they had like the, you know, like the little road trip cam and all that stuff. Now, if some of these guys wanted to do something like that, like if they right. were going to drive from South Bend to El Paso, oh. you know, like get, get, you know, like do your RV trip and all that kind of stuff, like we're always dreaming about like oh, that i would happen i would actually i would like to see that video if you know yes. like a, a highlight of that if something like you know road trip you know something like that happened that 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 i would be in on if they were gonna yes. do something like that oh i would too and i think honestly they'd probably be in on it too um, <laughs> the, the difference is they're probably going to be coming from california or texas or someplace that they're right. doing their pre-draft stuff um, but I wouldn't mind having them just be like a man on the streets kind of a thing, you know, doing their thing with the cameras and all that stuff. It'd be fun. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. There's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. The holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. So with Alton Blake Fisher both declaring for the draft and opting out of the bowl, scale of one to 10, what's your confidence in Notre Dame's potential Sun Bowl offensive line now, now that we know for sure that both tackles are gone? You know, is it lower than it would have been if both tackles were in? Yeah, it is. Uh, but I'm still fairly confident in what they're going to be able to do. I, I, you know, I believe Oregon State has, uh, you know, some pretty decent numbers rushing the passer and things of that nature, and they're going to be tested and all of that. But I still think there's a ton of talent on the offensive side that will be able to combat that. I, so if it was like, excuse me, scale of one to 10, it probably would have been like an eight and a half, nine if if the tackles were there. So it probably drops down to like a seven. That's pretty much where I am. You know, there's, there's talent there. But again, like other than Emil Wagner – who we saw, you know, do some nice things. We really, you know, we, we we haven't we haven't seen too much otherwise. Like we haven't seen a whole lot of of Tosh Baker, you know. So like, what what's this going to look like? I don't know, but uh, yeah. I, you know, like I'm at least confident that they've got enough time. They've been practicing together because again, they've known all along who's who's in and who's out. So these guys have been practicing out there. Maybe we see. A little depth chart shuffling. Who knows by the time it all rolls around next yeah. Tuesday. I Good guess point. we'll find out. But I, I, I feel at least a seven because I mean this is this is not a bear cupboard by any means. It's just right. uh it's just an inexperienced cupboard that we're gonna see with most of these guys out there. Yep. And I, you know, I haven't jumped into Oregon State either, so I'm not exactly sure what they're gonna be going up against. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm waiting until school gets out. Then I'm going to start watching a little bit of film, watch a little Oregon State, see where they're at. Plus, you got to wait for all the dominoes to fall with these opt-outs and you know all of these different things. And you know, Oregon State's playing with their third-string quarterback and a different coach and all. You know, and I, there's yeah, so many I think, things. I mean, they're they're going to be a little bit now. They've got a lot of the same staff around because they've promoted sure. from within, and you know, their interim and all that different kind of stuff. But they're you know, 
they're they're I don't want to say worse shape, but you know, like in terms of their own opt-outs and because of the coaching staff change and stuff like that, they're in an even, you know, little bit more precarious situation yes. than Notre Dame going into this. And I think almost everyone in these mid to lower tier bowls are going to be in a lot of the same situations. You're going to see yeah. like almost completely even, even, you know, South Carolina, you remember like they had to shuffle oh, yeah. some things around last year. They had defensive the linemen playing tight end. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's funny because I, I still laugh at that was like the storyline was how many guys opted out for them, but nobody ever talked about the massive opt-outs that Notre Dame had as well, but you know, whatever. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> No Vince deal. is still bitter. Vince is still still gay. I hold bowl. grudges. I don't know if you're. I know you do. Yeah. I know you do. Yeah, I've known you long enough. So <laughs> Shannon says over under Riley Leonard in 2024 throws more touchdowns and has more passing yards than Sam Hartman did in 2023. So we're saying will Riley Leonard throw more touchdowns and have more passing yards? than Sam Hartman. Is that is that the over-under that we're looking at? I guess, yeah. I, I If you add up Riley Leonard's passing and running, Riley Leonard's going to blow Sam Hartman out of the water. He should. When he it should. comes to because yards. Because he had 30, right? Was it touchdowns. 30 or was it 34 that he had two years ago total? I think it was 30 total. Or not two years ago, but it was in I think it was 30. I think it was a nice round number. I want to say um, it was like 20 passing and I think it was 23 and rushing, seven? maybe. What do you got? What do you got for me? 23 7? I'll find it here. Hang on. Hang on. So he had 20 touchdown passes. Okay. It's 20 and 10. And 13 touchdown runs. This is 2022. His full 33. Okay. His full season. And he threw for 2,967 yards. And he ran for 699. Which would. Yeah, I mean, he th he threw last year for 300 more yards than Sam Hartman threw for this year, which shocks me. But he also had a bowl game. He had an extra game. He, he did yeah. have a bowl game, and he also ran for 699 yards, so you can plop another 700 on there, too. I'm going to say no to the touchdown passes. I'll say yes to the passing yards. Over. I think I tend to agree with that. I think I tend to agree with that. If like, total touchdowns, yeah. it should be no problem having more. Yes, total touchdowns and total yards. Riley Leonard's going to be over on both. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like that one, though. Good question. Yeah, it is. So Irish linebacker Jack Kaiser announced that he'll be back at Notre Dame for his sixth season. How important is the return of Jack Kaiser? It's massively important. Just, I mean, if you, if you just look at it from an off-the-field standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, I think it's massive. I, I think I think your 2024 captain just came back. I honestly that's what I that's how I feel this was. And so if you're telling me that a captain is going to be on the team that would that might not have been on the team, that's still huge. That's huge to have him back. He's going to be a leader of that defense. Now, is he going to get captain snaps? I don't think so. I think it's going to there's going to be a bit of a rotation. I think he's going to be the starter, but I think there's going to be a rotation and there should be and I think that that would be an upfront conversation with Jack, but he, he brings way too much leadership to not bring him back if he wants to be here. And look, Al Golden has said he likes the smart, experienced linebackers. And I mean, just, just look go. at, you know, who got the bulk of the snaps this year, you know, and, you know, don't, 
don't come shooting at me <laughs> right now, you, fans. Yeah. But you know, this is that's what you're going to get with Kaiser. So I, I think that his presence in that room, while I don't yep. think he's going to get all the snaps, he's going to help bring along these other guys who are all very much less experienced than he is. And he's yes. also going to be able to play multiple positions. So, you know, like yep. we were talking about, you know, whether it's Sneed at, at Rover or, or, you know, Osbury at Will or whatever it happens to be. And even, you know, if Drake Bowen is playing beside him at middle linebacker, I mean, you know, just, just having Jack Kaiser and all his experience out there, I think is going to be really invaluable for him. And, and I mean, you know, again, yeah. You know, going back to what we talked about before, the fact that he's the highest graded Notre Dame defensive player this year, and he played the fewest snaps, yeah. you know, and, and, now, and now that can work both ways, you know, because it obviously decreases your sample size. So it gives you, you know, better chance for success and all that kind of stuff. But he still ended up with the third most tackles and played the least snaps of the three veteran linebackers. So I think Agreed. it's going to be huge for him. And I think he's also going to understand his role too. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a well-defined this is your role, Jack. This is what we need you here for. Yeah. Yes. What? What? Is this a serious question? Hiking no. engineer says, should Watts play wide receiver for the bowl game? And I get it. He's got wide receiver background, but he's the best defensive player. He won the award for the best defensive yes. player in the nation. You have guys right now who are not healthy during the season, and they're all presumably, and again, we'll find out more on this. We'll get injury updates and stuff like that on Saturday, but assuming they're all healthy, you've got fully qualified wide receivers who are going to be able to play there. They're no worse off. I think you might've brought this up earlier this week, Vince. They're no worse off right now in this bowl game than they were last year in the Gator bowl. Correct. Things worked out. I've got full confidence in the, in the guys that they're going to put out there on the field who are already wide receivers for the bowl. Same amount of scholarship wide receivers in this bowl game that they had in the last bowl game. And last time I checked, there's been two 100-yard receiver games in the last calendar year. One of them came in that bowl game. So they're going to be just fine. <laughs> okay. Now, he's trying to say it was in chess, but he says since the bowl game is kind of like a scrimmage, we need to see young safeties. would be fun to see him play both ways. If he's going to play in the bowl, he's going to play safety. Correct. He's not his, – his days of playing multiple positions are over. Over. And he would be the first one to say, thank you. You know, we were just talking about Kaiser. Do you think we see more of him or Osbury at will in the Sun Bowl? That's a really good question. I mean, I know Jack pretty much knows all three linebacker positions. I think we see more Kaiser and JD than we do the younger guys in in the bowl. We'll see the younger guys, but not as much. Not, not as much as people are going to want them to be out there. Let's put it that way. Yeah. that's. I'll be curious to see exactly where and when and situation and how, sure. you know, because I, I think that's, that's especially for this game, you, you know, they'll, they'll try to, since they're going to be much more shorthanded compared to who they had during the season, I think it's going to be, they're going to try to mix and match as best they can situationally, you know, a little bit like they did with Snead in the Gator Bowl last year they tried to find some situations that really played to his strengths the best and and he had a solid game he missed a couple coverages obviously remember in that game but I think that that that's probably how they'll try to kind of piece things together a little bit yep absolutely it'll be 
Yeah, it's going to be fun either way. I mean, you're going to see some young guys that you haven't seen play on both sides of the ball, but the defense is more intact than the offense is. Yeah. And so you're going to see a lot more younger guys playing offense than you are playing defense, right? Yeah. We haven't had any opt-outs defensively, right, up to this point? Am I wrong? Just, just Leah foul. Leah foul. See, I already yeah. forgot. <laughs> I mean, are we – we're kind of assuming – that Bertrand is, even though we haven't got any official. Yeah, I don't think he's going to bopped out. I really don't. I and I have nobody telling me that or or whatever. I just don't think he's going to opt out. I think he's a guy that's going to play because he already accepted his his invitation to the either the Senior Bowl or the East West Shrine Bowl. I forget which one, uh, but he's going to play in a postseason bowl, right? And so he's already going to be playing and putting his health on the line. I just don't see him opting out. He, it, that's just not something that he's going to do. I just don't see it. I agree. This is a question Vince was pondering when we were off air the other day. New Irish quarterback Riley Leonard and incoming freshman quarterback CJ Carr, they're both number 13. So, Vince, who's going to get 13 at Notre Dame? I mean, look, I'm sure that the (laughs) Notre Dame coaching staff told CJ Carr he was going to get 13. And... We're going to have a chance next week to see, I believe, see CJ Carr doing his thing. He's uh, supposed to be here. Let me see. Today is the 18th. 13th. He's right? supposed to be here as of Saturday. I think oh, the, the 16th. 16th is what I saw. So yeah. I bet this is his last week of school for high school. And then he's done. He's going to come and immediately come to Notre Dame. And so I'm interested to see what number he's wearing, Sean. But no, if it, if it comes right down to it, yeah, you you give it to Riley Leonard. He's only going to be here for a year. CJ Carr can wear whatever. It he'll get it matter. next, like yeah, and like, he'll get it next year. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I agree you with you that. can tell him, hey, whoever starts gets thirteen. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Good call. I mean, that's probably the way to go, right? You know, I yeah, and I don't think CJ Carr would have a problem giving it up for a year either. Um, so I would assume that Riley Leonard, but I, I'm obsessed with like numbers and stuff. Like that's just my thing. And uh, like so much so that when I was a head coach for freshman football, I gave the kids their numbers. I didn't even let them choose because <laughs> I like certain numbers at certain positions and things Dictator. like that. Dictator. Right. Dictator. Well, I gave your son five. <laughs> Linebacker, five. He liked it. And then he switched to 25. Made 25 as baseball and football. Yeah, he did. Yeah, people. he did. Yep. You look good in five, though, Styers. I'm just saying. I liked it. I like, you know, and he ate it up because it was Manti Teo. Back yeah, then, you know, played Middle the linebacker Manti. See, that's right. Yep. We are ND for life. What's Notre Dame's roster size? How many more will must leave? I think so, I saw like 88, 89, 89, according yeah. to the scholarship chart on IrishBreakdown.com, and I know that that is accurate. Because RJ Oben is on there. Okay. So it is definitely up to date as of today. Uh, and they're they're at 89. So still got to see some more guys go. And if they're going to bring in transfer kicker, potentially, right? Um, I think that's one that they, want, that they need to add yet. Is that it? Is that what? Oh, safety. I think kicker, offensive safety. lineman, maybe a safety, so possibly another more. wide receiver. So three to four. Um, yeah. So you're looking at probably another 10 guys that need to make some sort of a uh And don't forget, decision. you don't have to be at that number until the actual Correct. game next yes. year. Yes. So you've got all, all of spring and all of training camp 
to get the, all that sorted out. Yeah, plenty so. of time, and it always sorts itself out. And we we look, we know there's still guys opting out at this point, right? We know that that's happening, and so that number is going to get down, no problem. And look, Notre Dame may be active in the spring portal too, from a exiting standpoint and an addition standpoint. You never know. Mike wants to know why the Notre Dame women are ranked 14th. Am I missing something? Here, <laughs> here's my theory on this, Mike, because they played on national TV in the middle of the afternoon in Paris against South Carolina, and yeah. they obviously lost by a lot to South Carolina. But my theory is because so many people watched that game and saw how lopsided it was, that has made it hard for them to recover. I think they were down as far as 18th or 19th and they've kind of worked their way back up. They've won seven in a row. You know, and the other part of that is the win at Tennessee a couple of weeks ago is the only, you know, ranked team that they have had since then to kind of, you know, try to prove themselves. Now, it was a road game. They came back. They won that game against a solid-ranked Tennessee team. Not a great Tennessee team, but a solid Tennessee team. So I think that that combination of things, the fact that they lost the way they did on national TV and they just haven't had the quality game other than Tennessee to really kind of show themselves. And there have been some other teams that have kept winning in the meantime. You know, it it should actually work for Notre Dame that South Carolina has pretty much obliterated almost everybody <laughs> since then. But it, Seriously. it hasn't worked in Notre Dame's favor. But look, once conference play comes, they're going to get plenty of chances because there are a lot yeah. of ranked teams in the ACC. So yeah, it's, yep, yep. it'll work itself out. And Notre Dame's been dealing with some injuries and some things like that. Yeah. Like there, there's been some games where they've had a very few amount of ladies dressed for the game. Yeah, um, and you can speak more to that detail wise, but like it just feels like there's been a lot of injuries. Um, yeah. Not not season ending ones or anything, but like nagging things that are just keeping people out. Yeah. But that's going to work in their favor, I think, ultimately, as well as they start to get some of them back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kassam Prosper out was out a couple of games. Emma Rich was out as well. Nothing serious with either one of them. Citron was the most serious. But again, based on uh, what we've been told, we're expecting to see her back potentially by the that end was of this month. So shockingly great news to me. I know. <laughs> I had, I was, I was obviously anticipating the absolute worst. I mean, yeah. I just was. So that's great news. I know. I know. We are ND for life. Also wants to know how many players we think Notre Dame lands from the portal. How many are they up to right now? Because we gave we them a total. Yeah. So let me see. It's one, two wide receivers, a quarterback, a defensive back, and a defensive end. Is that, that's it right now, right? Five. Yes. Five. So yep, I think five. they potentially get. It's going to end up being seven or eight, I think. Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, seven, eight, maybe, nine. Maybe even nine because of the kicker. Yeah. yeah. Seven, eight, nine, I think. Yeah. Nine. So, yeah. Yep. So Jim Harbaugh oh is still reportedly working on a contract extension with Michigan. Do you think that he's actually going to be back at Michigan? next season one of the holdups in this whole thing is supposedly you know like michigan wants some kind of clause you know or like you're not getting you know like certain guaranteed money unless we put in an nfl clause you know that kind of thing and that's that's apparently kind of been the holdup is 
an NFL clause for Harper. Do you think he's actually going to be back? Do you think he's going to be in the NFL? I don't think he's going to be back. I, I, I feel this, this feels very Pete Carrollish to me um, where he knows the writing is on the wall and the NCAA is on his tail and it's about to hit the fan. And I just feel like he's going to get out of Dodge before all of that happens. I, that that's, that's my gut. I don't think he's going to be back next year at all. I, I think he's out. I do. Like that Carolina job, potentially, you know, like, yeah. you know, that, that owner is nuts, you know, like how many, <laughs> you know, like he goes through head coaches, like you go through cheeseburgers, man. You're not it's wrong. like, <laughs> it's a very rapid pace. Double fist, baby. Double. <laughs> That's right. It's like, I think if Harbaugh gets an NFL opportunity, he's leaving. That's what I think. I mean, he's flirted yeah. with it the last couple of years. He has obviously wanted it, but there hasn't been the reciprocal interest. I do think he would like to get out and they're going to be, they're going to be a lot of openings and like, look at his track record. He still has it between Stanford, the 49ers and Michigan. He's got a strong track record yeah. of turning things around that were not good before he got there. So you know, you love him or hate him. I think there are a lot worse coaches that you could have in the NFL than Jim Harbaugh. Michael Park says San Diego. I could see that happening. Yeah. Going out to California again. That's where his coaching career began. Had success, obviously. He played there, too, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he? I believe he did. I think he did. Anyway, I I could see that being the case. I I, I really could. Uh, And they're the L.A. Chargers, by the way. No, that's true. It's not San Diego. Um, But but he put San Diego, and it made me think of that. But anyway, um, yeah, I think think he's out. And I think he's going to take the first job that's available. Because he can't be too finicky because I don't think he goes back to Michigan. I think he needs a, a golden parachute someplace. Yeah. But, you know, look, you know, like, again, there's there's talk about Parcells maybe being on the way. Or not Parcells. Belichick being I was on like, the way. Wow. You know, like, yeah, I know, right? I mean, there's talk about Belichick maybe being on the way out in New England. And that's, again, like an organization that has been – the model organization for two plus decades, but it is not right now. And like, that would be, I could see that as a potential spot, you know, where, where Harbaugh could land and, and really try to, you know, stabilize things again and kind of put his stamp on things. Oh yeah. I could see him in a lot of different places. Unfortunately, it's not Michigan or fortunately, I don't know how you want to. I think he was really hoping that, that Eberflus would, you know, kind of fumble oh. this whole thing and have an opportunity there. See, Harbaugh messed up two years ago when he didn't take the Bears job as far as that part is concerned. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I feel like he could have made a run at that job, but I think he was being a little bit too picky about certain things. And then, you know, he because he knew he had the soft landing spot back with Michigan. So, yeah. TD4ND, you have a good one yourself. Thanks for being here tonight. We're – uh we're close to wrapping up here. Yeah, I just We're got a close. text. Just got a text from the wife. I've got tacos sitting at my place upstairs. Oh man, that sounds pretty good. My, okay, so let's get through these real quick. Right. Michael says, December twentieth, Notre Dame quarterbacks on campus will be C.J. Carr, Tyler Buckner, Drew Pine, Kenny Minchie, Steve Angeli, Sam Hartman, and Riley Leonard. We have enough camp arms for individual receivers. That's hilarious. By no the way. kidding. That that is okay. actually really really funny. The only I, I'll just I'll just. 
a bone pick with you here. Sam Hartman and Riley Leonard will not be on campus on December 20th. Neither one of them will be there. But other than that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, Hartman could be theoretically. School's over this week, isn't it? Yeah. He's going to bolt. He's going to bolt and start preparing for the draft. I I don't don't think he's going to be there. I think he's out. I think you're probably right, but. Yeah, but either way, it's a he hilarious. He could be hanging out. Maybe he wants to go to a more, you know, a couple basketball games before. He this is a great know. statement by Michael, though. This is I know. hilarious. <laughs> I know. I mean, what is it? One, two, three. We started four, the five, show talking seven. about how Buckner and Pine are going to be back this spring, and neither one of them playing football. Right. And you still got Dylan Devizen. He'll be there because he's a walk-on, right? So that that actually makes eight quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, that are going to be on campus potentially all on the same day. So yeah. that's fantastic. It's nuts. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. David Carpenter, as a Cowboys fan, I have to ask how good does it feel to even up the Eagles series the way they did Sunday night? Spectacular. Revel in the glory right now. It is fantastic because at least for five minutes Eagles fans can shut their trap you know Jesse (laughs) I just you know like these guys man come on they act like they invented the NFC East and they invented football it's like you know still you have to go back I think it's like 12 or 13 years since the Eagles actually swept the Cowboys in a season but they acted like it happened every year so i'm pretty happy about it it's good to at least share the lead in the division right now even though because of the schedules i don't think it's going to last quinn thanks for the super chat i did see the question that you just asked it's a little bit complicated i don't know exactly how to answer it so (laughs) he said he asked before the season what hartman's war was you both agreed on two and a half i feel he at least got one duke and what will Leonard's war be? Win above replacement. Well, I think we can all agree that it was probably like a one, one and a half, what it ended up being, right? I mean, yeah. you know, he did win the Duke game, so you got to give him that one. I can't, I mean, he played well in the USC game, although that was probably more defensive than anything else. Um, so maybe I give him a two, one and a half to two. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't two and a half. I agree with you on that one, Quinn. Uh, what will it Leonard's be? Here's the thing. It's going to be about a one and a half to two in that neighborhood, because looking at that schedule, as I said earlier on in the show, I think that the younger quarterbacks could get Notre Dame to a top 12, 11 ranking and get into the playoff. I think Riley Leonard gives you the opportunity to be better than that. And so 10 and two gets you into the playoff, I think. Okay, and so well, right, Leonard, it at least has you on the bubble because you're, you're in the, you're in the conversation on who's in front of absolutely. you. Absolutely, yeah, you know. absolutely. So let's say two losses is is you're in. Let's just for argument's sake, right? So what does Riley Leonard give you? Does he give you 11 wins? Does he give you 12? So in my opinion, it's either one 
with one to two. So one yeah. and a half. I'll maybe? just split the difference and one. go one and a half. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's where we're at. No, I think you're right. You know, because again, when you when you look at what's on the schedule this year, and like, what's Louisville going to be next year? And that's somebody brought it up the other day because of the transfer portal. I think it is so hard to project right now what everyone's even going to look like next yeah. year. I mean, look at look at Florida State. They're they're going to lose a quarterback. They're I would imagine, you know, they're going after a portal quarterback themselves right now, and they're going to have to restock. And as of right, like if if you're just going based off right now, that's one of the toughest games that Notre Dame should have next year. But sure. that could easily change. So I think you're right. I, I th- you know, I think I said the other day, like having Riley Leonard doesn't guarantee that you're going to run the table and you're automatically going to win the toughest games on your schedule, but it's right. going to give you a much better chance to win those games, especially when you are going on the road to open the season yeah. into an environment like Texas yeah. A&M and against yep. the guy, you know, coach that he coached against oh, and all yeah. that or played for and all that. It's going to give you a better chance than if you're going in with a completely inexperienced quarterback next year. He's going to give yeah. you a much better chance in those games. I, I I do like having it as we are ND for life says, I think Leonard gets us Texas A&M and Florida state. And I, I think that that's a safe, I, I, I tend to agree with that, to be honest with you, you got Texas A&M on the road, obviously, but he's going to be seeing a defense that he's very familiar with, you know, because it's going to be Mike Elko's defense folks. So, you know, he's going to see a defense he's very familiar with and Florida state's at home. And so I like Notre Dame's chances against Florida State at home with a new quarterback, whoever that happens to be. TJ wants to know, any chance we come to New York for the MetLife or Yankee Stadium game next year? Some good ND lore here in New York. It's cool that there'll be a two-game uh, two local team next year. Well, Sean Stiers, if we can get the RV thing set up. <laughs> We're going to NYC. I've never That's been right. to New York, ever. You know, New York is actually, when uh, when they played in the Pinstripe Bowl, Jesse and I drove to, uh, to New York for that wow. game. And it was an easier drive than I thought it was going to be. Well, because you're used to driving to Kansas, though. So well, you've got those driving jeans. That's true. Jeans that's true. If, you know, if, uh, if, you know, you had to be the passenger. You would be fidgeting over there. You wouldn't know what to do with yourself the whole so way. You, you know, I'd be here. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> so bored. Find another podcast to listen to. How <laughs> come you're not entertaining me, Sean Styers? Come on. You know, I have thought about this, though. You know, like, it would be fun if we could, uh, and we need to, this is probably something in the offseason that we need to start mm-hmm. talking to Brian about, is like, if we could uh, take the, we we need to figure out the logistics of like maybe taking the show out live yes. once in a while to some yes. different places. Absolutely. Because yeah. you know, we can go to Purdue. Like I think that would be fun because that's an easy drive, obviously. Yeah. You know, there's there's different places that we could go potentially and and you know, take this thing take this sucker on the road, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, David also wants to know, Vince, as a twin dad, your greatest piece of advice, he says his boys just turned 16. What advice are you giving on twin dads? Man, I, advice is tough because I have twin daughters who are 14, but I have a singular son who is 16, obviously. So he's ahead of the game for me. You're, you're ahead of me 
in the whole twin department, as far as like the age thing, it having twins folks is one of the hardest things I think I've ever had to do because everything is double the tantrums, the diapers, the doctor bills, everything. It's <laughs> That's all true. It's all double. Yeah. Um, and it, I could tell stories, man, it, it just all double, but having twins, the biggest piece of advice I would give you, and he knows this because he's got 16 year olds. They, first of all, they hate being called twins. You got to treat them like individuals. They hate being called the twins. Like I'm, I'm hell, I'm little. You know, they want to be called. You know, they right. want to be treated as individuals. And now that we're getting into high school, you know, starting to plan high school, they're kind of going off in their own directions, like the electives they want to take and the different things they want to do. So it's all about the individualism, man. That's what I would say. In treat them like individuals. Good point. Tommy says you got to experience NYC at least once. He says that as someone who's been there a dozen times and he hates the city. And I will say, <laughs> like, I enjoyed, like, once you get, like, you know, into the, you know, like into New York City and all that. And like you're, you know, into the hotel. Now you've got to, like, you got to, you know, pay out the, you know, rear, you know, to park your car and all that kind of stuff. You never bring your car out once you get there until you leave again. But I actually did think it was kind of cool to like walk out of the hotel, walk down, you know, the street. And we went to, you know, like to Times Square and all that kind yeah. of stuff and like hop on the subway and take the subway to and from the game. I thought that, you know, that was actually kind of cool, kind of the hustle and bustle of yeah. the city. I didn't mind it. I actually kind of liked it a little bit more than I thought that I would. Yeah, I just I'm not a big city guy, but I do want to experience New York City at some point. Like I I would love to yeah. go to like a Broadway show, like just do like the New York City stuff. Like my wife really wants to go to like the Today Show and you know, yeah. like wave in the background, you know that kind right. of crap. Like I want to do the touristy yeah, stuff. Like, like we I went by 30 that. Rock and it was like it was amazing, you know, like how it's always amazing how small it all looks I bet. when you're there compared I bet. to TV. Because it looks so, huge. It looks massive yeah. on, on TV, you know. And uh, all I know is I could never live in a big city. Those yeah. of you that do it are, I mean, peace be with you. I couldn't do it, man. I did it for a semester and it was overwhelming. I just didn't like it. I will say like driving in there, you know, was different than you know, <laughs> driving. Because like, you know, when, again, like when you're, you know, like I have a tendency you know, like if the light is turning yellow, I'm going to roll through the intersection and, you know, but I tried that <laughs> and, you know, thinking that the traffic in front of me would keep going and then I end up blocking the intersection, oh, boy. On a crosswalk, and that's just all kinds of trouble right there. So <laughs> can't quite drive the same in the city bet. as you do in good old Indiana or the I Midwest. Bet. We are ND for life wants to know if I think the Cowboys are going to end up playing in Brazil. And that was something that was talked about today that the NFL might add a game in Brazil. Jerry Jones says he doesn't want to give up any home games for, uh, for these international games. And I don't blame him considering you know, the capacity that AT&T has. So like if, uh, if it's a, uh, what, what would be a road opponent, I can see it happening, but Jerry Jones has got a lot of pull. Jerry tends to get what he wants because of all the money that he's made the NFL and the other NFL owners over the years. So I don't think they're going to give up a home game to do it, but I can see it if it ends up being, you know, again, like uh, somebody else's home game that ends up rolling down there. Yeah, absolutely. Although they supposedly added this 17th game as, you know, like that's uh, – with the idea that more games are going to become international games. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. 
I think that's going to do it for tonight. We rolled for a while. All right. This evening. Vince has got tacos, bro. Man. Yep. Hey, and everybody out there in Irish Breakdown Land, send some positive thoughts to my firstborn. We've got a big ranking camp coming up on Saturday. All right. Do so. it. Do it, Dylan. Whoa. Come on. Daddy needs a scholarship. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. <laughs> All right. Hit the like button. If you would, as David Carpenter said, too many people viewing and not hit the like button. Just hit the like it. button before you leave. And, of course, on your podcast platforms, you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, and review. And we will talk to you tomorrow on Aviation Sports Talk.